0: Ashley Brock, reading Macy Yates' book, Need Me, Cowboy. All right. It's a bonus book that came with one of my other books, and I liked it, so I figured I would read it. Prologue. Levi Tucker, Oregon State Penitentiary, 2605 State Street, Salem, Oregon, 97310. Dear Miss Grayson. Due to certain circumstances, my prison sentence is coming to its end sooner than originally scheduled. I've been following your career and I'd like you—like to hire you to design the house I intend to build. Sincerely, Levi Tucker. Dear Mr. Tucker, how nice that you're soon to be released from prison. I imagine that's a great relief as you Can imagine my work is very high demand, and I doubt I'll be able to take on a project with such short notice. Regrettably, Faith Grayson. Dear Miss Grayson, whatever your usual fee is, I can double it. Sincerely, Levi Tucker. Dear Mr Tucker, to be perfectly frank, I looked you up on Google. My brothers would take a dim view of me agreeing to take this job. Respectfully, Faith Grayson. Dear Miss Grayson, search again. you find I'm in the process of being exonerated. Also, what well, your brothers don't know won't hurt anything. I'll triple your fee. Sincerely, Levi Tucker. Dear Mr. Tucker, if you need to contact me, be sure to use my personal number. Listen at the bottom of this page. I trust we'll be in contact upon your release. Faith. Ashley Rock reading Macy Yates' book, Need Me Cowboy, Chapter 1. Levi Tucker was a murderer. It was a fact that was now officially recognized by the law. He didn't know what he had expected upon his release from prison relief. Maybe he imagined that was what most men might feel. Instead, the moment the doors to the penitentiary had closed behind him, Levi had felt something else. A terrible, pure anger that burned through his veins with a kind of white-hot clarity that would have stunned him if he hadn't felt so inevitable. (laughs) The fact of the matter was, Levi Tucker had always known he wasn't a murderer, and all the state of Oregon had ever had was a hint of suspicion. Hell, they hadn't even had a body, mostly because Alicia wasn't dead. In many ways, that added insult to injury, because he still had... To divorce the woman who had set out to make it look as though he had killed her. They were still married, of course, the moment he'd been able to. He filed, and he knew everything was in the progress of being sorted out. He doubted she would contest. But then how could he really know? He had thought he'd known the woman, how he'd married her. And while he'd been well aware that everything hadn't been perfect, he had not expected his wife to disappear one hot summer night, leaving behind implications of foul play. Even if the result hadn't been international, she could have resurfaced at any point after she disappeared. When he was being questioned, when he had been arrested, she hadn't, leaving him to assume that his, his arrest, disgrace, and abject humiliation had been her goal. It made him wonder. Now, their relationship had been a long-tail game all the time. The girl who'd loved him in spite of his family's reputation in Cooper Ridge. The one who vowed to stick with him through everything, no matter whether he made his fortune or not. He had, and he vowed to Alicia, he'd build her a house on top of a hill in Cooper Ridge so they could look down on all the people who'd once looked down on them. But until then, he enjoyed his time at work, away from the town he'd grown up in. Alicia had gotten more involved in the glamorous side of their new lifestyle, while Levi had just wanted things to be simple. His own ranch, his own horses. Alicia had wanted more, and apparently, in the end, she'd figure she could have it all without him. Fortunately, it was the money that had ultimately been her undoing. For years, prior to her leaving, she'd been siphoning it into her own account without him realizing it. But when her funds and run had run dry, she'd gone after the money still in his accounts. And that was when she got gotten caught. She'd been living off of his hard-earned money for years. Five years. Five hellish years he'd spent locked up as the murderer of a woman, of his wife. Not a great situation all in all, but he survived it like he'd survived every damn thing that had come before. Money was supposed to protect you. In the end, he supposed it had in many ways. Hell, he might not have been able to walk out of the jail cell and collect his Stetson on his way back to his life if it wasn't for the fact that he had a good good team of lawyers who had gotten his case retried as quickly as possible. Something you wouldn't have thought would be pretty easy considering his wife had been found alive. The boy he'd been, he had no con- confidence that boy would have been able to get justice. But the man he was, the man he was now stood on a vacant plot of land that he owned near enough to the near enough to the house he was renting and waited for the architect to arrive, the one who would design the house he deserved after spending five years behind bars. There would be no bars in this house. The house that Alicia had wanted so badly to show everyone in their hometown that he and Alicia were more, were better than what they'd been born into. Only she wasn't. Without him, she was nothing. And he would prove that to her. No, his house would have no bars, nothing but windows. Windows was a view of the mountains that overlooked Cooper Ridge, Oregon, the town where he had grown up. He'd been bad news back then, his whole family had been, the kind of guy that fathers warned the daughters about. A bad seed dropped from a rotten tree, and he had a feeling that public opinion would not have changed in the years since. His reputation certainly hadn't helped his case when he'd been tried and convicted five years ago. Repeating patterns. That had been brought up many times. An abusive father was likely to have raised an abusive son who had gone on to be a murderer. That was the natural progress, progression, wasn't it? The natural, the natural progression of men like him. Alicia had known that. Of course she had. She knew him better than any other person on earth. Yet he hadn't known her at all. Well, he had ended up in prison, as she most likely intended. But he clawed his way out. And now he was going to stand up on the mountain in his fancy ass house and look down on everyone who thought prison would be the end of him. The best house in the most prime location in town, that was his aim. Now all that was left to do was wait for Faith Grayson to arrive. By all accounts, she was the primary architect at the moment hottest commodity in custom home design. Her houses were more than simply buildings, they were works of art, and he was bound and determined to own a piece of that art for himself. He was a man possessed, possessed, a man on a mission to make the most of everything he lost, to live as well as possible while his wife fed to deal with the slow-rolling realization that she would be left with nothing. As it was, it was impossible to prove that she had committed a crime. She hadn't called the police, after all. An argument could be made that she might not have intended for him to be arrested and that there was a plausible deniability over the fact that she might not have realized he'd gone to prison. She claimed she had simply walked away from her her life and not looked back. The fact that she had been (laughs) assessing... Assessing money was a necessity, so she said, and proved that she had no actual—she proved that she had not actually been attempting to hide. He didn't believe that. He didn't believe her, and she had been left with nothing, no access to money at all. She had been forced to go crawling back to her parents to get an allowance, and he was glad of that. They said the best revenge was living well. Levi Tucker intended to do just that. Faith Grayson knew that meeting an ex-convict at the top of an isolated mountain could easily be filled directly into the Looney Tunes bin. Except Levi Tucker was only an ex-convict because he had been wrongfully convicted in the first place. At least, that was the official statement from the Oregon State District Attorney's Office. Well, plus it was obvious because his wife wasn't dead. He had been convicted of the murder of someone who was alive, and while there was a whole lot of speculation centered around the fact that the woman never would have run from him in the first place, he hadn't been dangerous and terrifying. The fact remained that he wasn't a killer, so there was that. She knew exactly what two of her brothers, Isaiah and Joshua, would say about this meeting, that it would be colorful, not at all supportive. But Faith was fascinated by the man who was willing to pay so much to get one of her designs. And maybe her ego was a little bit turbocharged by the whole thing. She couldn't deny that. She was only human after all. A human who had been working really, really hard to keep on top of her status as a rising star in the architect world. She had designed buildings that had changed skylines and she'd done homes for the rich and the famous. Levi Tucker was something else. He was infamous, the self-made millionaire whose whole world had come crashing down when his wife had disappeared more than five years ago. The man who had been tried and convicted of her murder even when there wasn't a body, who had spent the past five years in prison and who was now taking his way back out. He wanted her, and yeah, it interested her. She was getting bored, which seemed ungrateful. Her skill for design had made her famous at a ridiculously young age. But of course, it was her older brothers and their business acumen that had helped her find success so quickly. Joshua was a public relations wizard. Isaiah, a genius with finances, Faith, for her part, was the one who... With the imagination the one who saw buildings growing out of the ground like trees and worked to find ways to twist them into new shapes to draw new lines in the man-made landscape to blend it all together with nature she had always been an artist but her fascination with buildings had come from a trip her family had taken when she was a child they had driven from copper ridge into portland oregon and she had been struck by the beauty that surrounded the city but in the part of the city where they stayed. Everything was blocky and made of concrete. Of course, there were parts of the city that were lovely, with architecture that was ornate and classic, but there were parts where the buildings had been stacked in light gray rectangles, and it had nearly wounded her to see the mountains obscured by such unimaginative dull shapes. When she had gotten back to the hotel room, she had begun to draw, trying to find a way to blend functions and form with the natural beauty that already existed. It became an obsession. It was tough to be an obsessed person, someone who lived in their own head and their dreams and fanities, fantasies and made it difficult to relate to people. Fortunately, she had found a good friend, Mia, who had been completely understanding of Faith in her particular idiosyncrasies. <laughs> now, Mia was her sister-in-law because she had married Faith's oldest brother, something Faith really hadn't seen coming. Deboon, the was just so much older there was more than 10 years between he and faith and she'd had no idea her friend felt that way about him she was happy for both of them of course but their bonds sometimes made her feel isolated the fact that her friend now had this thing that faith herself never had and that this thing was with faith's brother of all people, even Joshua and Isaiah had fallen in love and gotten married. Joshua had wed a woman he had met while trying to get revenge on their father, attempting to force him into marriage, while Isaiah married his personal assistant. Maybe it was her father, maybe it was her family that had driven faith to the top of the mountains today. Maybe her dissatisfaction with her own personal life was why it felt so interesting and new to do something with Levi Tucker. Everything she had accomplished, she had done with the permission and help of other people. If she was going to be a visionary, she wanted, just this once, her to be on her terms. To not be seen as a child prodigy, which was ridiculous because she was 25, not a child at all. But to be seen as someone who was really great at what she did. To leave her age out of it. To leave her older brothers, who often felt more like babysitters, out of it. She let out a long, slow breath as she rounded the final curve of the mountain driveway, the vacant lot coming into view. But it wasn't the lot or the scenery surrounding it that stood out in her vision first and foremost. No, it was the man standing there, his hands shoved into the pockets of his battered jeans, worn cowboy boots on his feet. He had on a black t-shirt in spite of the morning chill, and a black cowboy hat was pressed firmly onto his head. But both of his arms were completely filled with ink, the dark lines of the tattoos painting pictures on his skin, she couldn't quite see from where she was, but in a strange way they reminded her of an architecture. The tattoos seemed to enhance the muscle there to draw focus to the skin beneath the lines, even while they covered it. She parked the car and sat for a moment, completely struck dumb by the sight of him. She had researched him, obviously. She knew what he looked like, but she supposed she hadn't had a sense of the scale of him. Strange, because she was usually pretty good at picking up on those kinds of things in photographs. She had a mathematical eye, one that blended with her artistic sensibility in a way that felt natural to her. And yet, she had not been able to accurately form a picture of the man in her mind. And when she got out of the car, she was struck by the way he seemed to fill this vast, empty space that also didn't make any sense. He was big. Over six feet and with broad shoulders, but he didn't feel the space, not literally. But she could feel his presence like a touch as soon as the cold air wrapped itself around her body upon exiting the car. And when his ice-blue eyes connected with hers, she drew in a breath. She was certain he filled her lungs, too. Because that air no longer felt cold, it felt hot, and possibly so because those blue eyes burned with something. Rage, anger... Not at her. In fact, his expression seemed almost friendly. But there was something simmering beneath the surface, and it had touched her already. Wouldn't let go of her. Miss Grayson, he said, his voice rolling over her with the same county. Good to meet you. He struck out his hand, and she hurriedly closed the distance between them, flinching before their skin touched, because she knew it was going to burn. It did. (laughs) Mr. Tucker, she responded careful to keep her voice nap neutral, careful when she released her hold on him not to flex her fingers or wipe her palm against the side of her skirt like she wanted to this this is the site and i hope you think it's workable i do she said blinking she needed to look around them at the view at the way the house would be situated this lot was more than usual; it was inspirational what do you have in mind I had it best to begin with customers' expectations. She said quick to turn the topic where it needed to go, because what she didn't want to do was ponder the man any longer. The man didn't matter. The house mattered. I wanted to be everything prison isn't, he said his tone hard and decisive. She could imagine this man as vast and wild as the deep green trees and rigid blue mountains around them contained in a cell, isolated cut off in darkness and suddenly she felt compelled to be the answer to that darkness to make sure that the walls she built for him didn't feel like walls at all windows she said that was the easiest and most obvious thing a sense of openness and freedom she began to plot the ways on which she could construct a house so that it didn't have doors so that things were concealed by angles and curves no doors i live alone he said to me. there's no reason for doors and you don't plan on living with someone anytime soon. Never, he responded. It may surprise you to learn that I have cooled on the idea of marriage. Windows, lightning, lighting, shouldn't do these. The sun should be up here early and we can try to capture the light there in the morning when you wake up. And then should the opposite. Make sure that we, that we're set up for you to see the lights as it goes down. Kitchen, living room, office? Her fingers twitched and she pulled her sketch pad out of a large leather bag, jotting notes and rough lines as quickly as possible. She felt the skin prickle on her face and she paused, looking up. He was watching her. She said, Can I ask you, what was it that inspired you to get in touch with me? Which building of mine? All of them. I had nothing but time while I was in jail. And while I did, what I could do and did what I could do to, to manage some of my assets from behind bars. There was a lot of time to read. An article about your achievements came to my attention, and I was fascinated by your work. I won't lie to you even more than that. I am looking forward to owning a piece of you. Something about those words hit her square in the solar plexus and radiated up outward. She was swearing now. She was nowhere... <laughs> Sweating now, she was not wearing her coat. She should not be sweating. Of me? Your brand, he said. Having a place designed by you is an exceedingly coveted prize, I believe. (laughs) She felt her cheeks warm, and she couldn't quite figure out why. (laughs) She didn't suffer from false modesty. The last few years of her life have been nothing short of extraordinary. She embraced her success, and she didn't apologize for it. Didn't duck her head, like she was doing now, or tuck her hair behind her ear. Look up bashfully, which she get just done? I suppose so. You know it's true, he said. Yes, she said, clearing her throat and really, I do. Whatever the media might say, whatever law enforcement believes now, my wife tried to destroy my life, and I will not allow her to claim that victory i'm not a phoenix rising from the ashes i'm just a very angry man ready to set some shit on fire and stand there watching it burn i'm going to show her and the world that i can't be destroyed i'm not slicking into the shadows i'm going to rebuild it all until everything that i've done matters more than what she did to me i will not allow her name what she did to be, this, to be the thing I am remembered for. I'm sure you can understand that. She could, oddly. She really could. She wasn't angry at anyone, nor did she have any right to be. But she knew what it was like to want to break out and have your own achievements. Wasn't that what she had just been thinking of while coming up here? Of course, he already had so many achievements. She imagined having all her work blotted out the way that he had. It was acceptable. Unacceptable. Look, she said, stashing her notebook. I meant what I said about my brothers being unhappy with me for taking this job. What do your brothers have to do with you taking the job? If you read anything about me, then you know that I work with them. You know that we've merged with the construction company that handles a great deal of our building. Yes, I know. Though, doesn't the construction arm mostly produce reproductions of your design? rather than handling your custom projects it depends she responded i just mean my brothers run a significant portion of our business but you can go off and run it without them they can't run it without you he had said the words she had thought more than once while listening to joshua and isaiah make proclamations about various things joshua was charming and often managed to make his proclamations seem not quite so perceptive. Isaiah never bothered, but the only person he was soft with at all was his wife, Poppy, who owned his heart, a heart that a great many of them had doubted he had. Well, I just meant we need to keep this project a secret, and so we're at least most of the way through. Jonathan Bear will be the one to handle the building. He's the best, and since you're right here in Copper Ridge, it would make sense to have him do it. I know Jonathan Bear," Levi said. "That's impressive, do you? I'm a couple years older than him, but we both grew up on the same side of the tracks here in town. You know, the wrong side. Oh. She said, I didn't realize. Dimly, she had been aware on some level that Levi was from here, but he had left so long ago and he was so far outside of his own peer group that she would never have known him. If he was older than Jonathan Bear, that he was possibly a good 30 years her senior. That made her feel small and silly for that instant response she had to him earlier. She was basically a child to him, but then she was basically a child to most of the men in her life. So why should this be any different? And she didn't even know why it was bothering her. She often designed buildings for old men, and in the beginning, it had been difficult getting them to take her seriously. But more pieces that had been written about her, the more those men had marveled at the talent she had for her age. And the more she was able to walk into a room with all those accolades clearly visible, behind her as she went, she was still a little bit bothered that her age was such a big deal, but if it helped, then she would take it, because she couldn't do anything about the fact that she looked like she might still be in college. She tried, tried to affect a sophisticated appearance, but half the time she felt like she was playing dress-up in a much fancier woman's clothes. Clandestine architectural project he asked. The corner of his lips worked up into a smile, and so that moment she realized she had not been fully convinced his mouth could do that. Something like that. Let me ask you this, Susan. Why do you want to take the job? Well, it's like you said. I I feel like I'm an important piece of the business, and believe me, I wouldn't be where I am without Isaiah and Joshua. They're brilliant, but I want to be able to make my own choices. Maybe I want to take on this project, especially now that you've said everything about needing it to be the opposite of prison cell. I'm inspired to do it. I love this location. I want to build this house without Isaiah hovering over me. Levi chuckled, low and gravelly, so he wouldn't approve of me. Not at all. I am innocent," he said, his mouth working. Or I should say, I'm not guilty. Whether or not I'm an entirely innocent person is another story. But I didn't do anything to my wife, your ex-wife. Nearly everything should be finalized in the next couple of days. She's not contesting anything, mostly because she doesn't want to end up in prison. I am. I have impressed upon her how unpleasant that experience was. She has no desire to see it for herself. Oh, of course you're still married to her, because everything everybody thought that she was dead. You don't have to divorce a dead person. Let me ask you something. She said, turning her best to meet his gaze, ignoring the quivering sensation she felt merely. Do well, I have a reason to be afraid of you? The grin that spread over his face was slow and calculated. Well, I would say that depends.